I'm good at what I'm good at and, and what I'm not, I shouldn't be doing. And one thing that I'm not good at is operations. I'm not really, um, I think I'm a good leader from an aspirational point of view, but I'm not a good leader from an operational point of view. That was Nick Sinclair, the founder of Toa Global, and Nick has backbone. G'day everyone, I'm David Boyer, the founder of SQL CFO, financial mentors and accountants to entrepreneurs. This show is brought to you by Judo Bank, finally a bank ready to lend to SMEs. Nick's story is a must listen to. It's a story of a guy who worked out that being involved with his business day to day wasn't going to help him achieve his dreams. So he appointed leadership people inside his business and became responsible for the overall direction and the passion and motivation people needed to get it to where it needs to be. He now has 1,500 staff working from locations in the Philippines and serving clients all over the world. It's an Aussie success story. We pick up with me talking to Nick about how he got started. Amazing success story. Tell us a bit about your company. Yeah, it's an interesting one. So this um, business came out of default might be the easy way to say it. So I ran a financial planning and accounting practice for 12 years, um, was over in the Philippines on a entrepreneurs organization um, board conference, global board conference, and met a another fellow Australian business owner that showed me his back office team that he'd set up over there. And it made my head spin because we were struggling to find staff, um, the staff we did have were too capable to be doing some of the work that we had them doing. Um, so I just decided to set up my own back office over there and then went on a speaking tour with a guy called Rob Nixon in our industry, uh, 1,300 accountants across 13 cities, I think it was, back in 2014. Um, and after the first event that I spoke at, I had probably five accounting firms from Newcastle come up to me and say, Nick, we don't want to recreate what you've done. Do you have a business where we can just put people in the extra seats? So I sort of looked at my, I knew in my office I had about 25 spare seats. I thought, oh, if I actually sell these to these accounting firms, it'll pay for all of mine. Uh, the best businesses are when the customers come to you first. Yeah, so that's the business literally happened then. And then, you know, nine months later, we're 90 staff. And then we've been doubling in size every year since. We're talking about a really challenging topic today called what is your role? And I think it's something that people who have growing business owners struggle with. A couple of episodes ago, we had Michael Coleman on the show who said, I think my role changes almost every single day. Your business has had a very structured approach uh, to growth and your role. Talk us through the journey. Yeah, so one thing I, I learned, I suppose, when I was I was in I was twenty one when I first started my accounting and financial planning business. I so, would not have trusted you with my um, twenty one year old with my finances. Mate, it was funny. We're, we're growing, we're growing fast. But the interesting someone did <laughs> Queenslanders, an unusual Queenslanders, bunch up there. It is. But um, <laughs> one of the things that I learned is that I'm good at what I'm good at, and, and what I'm not, I shouldn't be doing. And one thing that I'm not good at is operations. I'm not really. Um, I think I'm a good leader from an aspirational point of view, but I'm not a good leader from an operational point of view. So with that business and, and with this one now, I've always designed it to play to my strengths. What, what am I good at doing and only doing that? You know, at the start, I had to do everything. I was wearing 100 hats, but every year I'll chip away and go, all right, well, now we've got to this size, I can now employ someone to do this to the point where um, I appointed a CEO um, it was a bit over 12 months ago now to actually run our business. We're across three countries, the US, Australia, Philippines, um, to run that beast and let me do what I am good at doing. How do you appoint a CEO? You're, you're a founder. It's your baby. How does that happen? I think every business goes through real transition stages, what I call transition stages. And I think the biggest transition stage is when you're a founder realising that this is well beyond your capability 
And for you to get to where you want to get, and we have some pretty big um, strategic goals, for us to get there, I know that I have to employ people a lot smarter than me. So it's the realisation that we're not going to get there under my leadership was the first thing. And that's, from an ego point of view, challenging. But once you realise that, you know, this business is bigger than you and it is a business, it's not you um, and it's not your identity, then I think you can easily find the right people. That that takes significant investment in in people that that growth strategy has an opportunity cost. There's always a strategy that will see you remain smaller, grow slower, still be profitable and burn less cash. And a lot of people often choose that because it sometimes gets too hard. Did you have a moment where your vision and your strategy conflicted with the, the, the same? Every business owner has this. I want to see cash in the bank. Yeah, look, right from day one of running the business, I've always thought long-term. So I was a financial planner. You know, don't hate me for that. Yes, I'm from Queensland, from the Gold Coast of all places. Um, bloody beautiful at the it Gold is. Coast. It's the White Shoe Brigade in a lot of cases, though. But <laughs> my take Sleeve was... Sleeve tattoos yeah. on Saturday night down at Cattle <laughs> Avenue. It was always a long-term strategy for me. So it wasn't about sucking every dollar I can out and, and living a higher lifestyle. It was about how do I win in the long term, not in the short term? And how do I build something that has a real value that's beyond me Um, and as the business continues to grow yes we can draw more revenue out as profit but we've reinvested a lot like I mean the the executive team we have globally now is is very senior and they come at a significant cost but I look at that and go right well that person that we're bringing on can take us to this point in time and when we get to that point in time the revenue and the profit is is phenomenal but we've got to sacrifice to get there we've got to get the right people on the bus when you you've you sort of said you worked re- really early on what you're good at and what you're not good at and and ha- that takes a lot of self awareness that takes a lot of looking in the mirror and being brutally honest and letting your ego take the knock. Um, how did you assess your capability though? Did you have a structured approach to it? It's uh, I suppose it's relatively straightforward. It was really just writing down what you know what challenges me but makes me motivated. Um, and what do I do that I what do I do on a day to day basis that I literally hate doing, um, and and then I looked at what am I what am I doing now that I'm just not good at, and that's probably the hardest part to go. You know what? I'm a really poor leader from an operational point of view. It's not my strength. You know, I don't hold people accountable enough, and and you know I don't have the knowledge of running a business across three countries. I've never done it before. I got no idea. Um, you just want to do it. I want it, certainly. I mean, we've got a big strategy, but I know that I need people that have been there and done that and are going to get us there. I'm not going to be the sole one taking us there. One of the, again, it's very easy to, to say that. So, so it's not easy. You've got to do that. You've got to have a hard look in the mirror and work it out and let your ego take a knock. And then you need to, to map out really how this stuff's going to work. But whilst you're changing your role, Things still need to get done. Operations still needs to happen. So how do you, do you balance the day-to-day needs of your business with that, you know, I need to work on my business, not in the business tagline? Yeah, look, I think it is a big tagline. It's often, you know, yes, you'd love to work on your business, but if you've got no one to implement, 
What's the point of even working on it? I think it's, that tagline said more often than not by consultants who don't have any employees. Yeah, no, I agree. So, look, one of the things that we did strategically is we built out an executive team and I was the leader of that executive team as the CEO and the CEO role was the last one that I put in place. So I brought in people to run our client experience side of it. I brought in people to run our people experience side of it. All the key functions in the business, I employed people that were really, really senior. Can, can you just take us through that org structure as it sits right now? Yeah, so our global executive team has a CEO running it now. Um, we've got a COO um, who's been with us for many years and, and transitioned up into the roles. We've got a chief of people. Um, we've got a chief of client or people experience. Um, and is that just got, HR? Is that the sexy new HR? It is, but I mean, we, well, I mean we're recruiting 100 roles a month. So, yeah. you know, it runs talent, it runs um, our people experience, our HR area, and it runs our training. So we've got a training academy internally as well. So um, and then on top of that, we've got our CFO. So he was probably one of our most critical highs. That's um, what I like to hear. Yep. The CFO was, you know, fundamentally, you know, once we understood our numbers and our data and, you know, we've got Power BI and all this other sexy stuff now, but it really gives you details that we just didn't have in the past. And that was that was our first major executive role that we looked at. Um, yeah, it's made a big difference. The um, You... Can you just explain a little bit, what's your role now, actually? So my title probably doesn't suit my age or suit me. So my title is chairman, um, founder and chairman. But my role is really around three key rocks. Um, so the three key areas that I focus on is mentoring. So our global team, um, I've, I've been there in the trenches from the start. Um, so I understand um, the different components of the business. So I get brought in as a mentor. Um, to our global leadership team and our global executive team. So mentoring is definitely about a third of my role. Um, a third of it is is really around rainmaking or what we call rainmaking. So speaking at industry events, um, getting involved in the industry. We are a niche business, so we focus on the accounting market, as you know, Dave. Um, so, you know, I need to be present and, you know, visible in that across the US and Australia. So a third of my role is really around relationships in the industry and, and building our brand um, and the other third of it is really around strategic planning and you know what are the what are the future growth opportunities what are the threats where where do we need to you know where can we help serve our clients more um, via technology or a range of different things and that's where I spend about a third of my time a third of your role mentoring is really significant like you break it down that's is it, what, 10 days a month yeah, but I mean, you look at our, our global org structure, we've got a global executive team, we've got um, a global leadership level, and then each country has its own leadership level. So I could be pulled into things like, you know, we fit out offices probably every six months, you know, two and a half thousand square metres, a couple of million dollars US fit outs. Um, so I get brought into some of the design strategy side of it or the negotiation of that side of it or... Um, you know, we transport, you know, in one office location, 800 people into the office and out of the office every day. Um, so there's a lot of moving parts to our business. It's not just, you know, someone give them a seat in a computer. There's lots of moving parts. So I get brought into low-level operational stuff like that just because I've been doing it for six years right through to, you know, clients that, you know, want advice or some guidance around, you know, numerous things because I know I'm in the industry so much, clients will often pull me in and say, look, just tell us what's going on. This is a problem mm. I'm having. What are your other clients doing with this sort of thing? So you actually end up mentoring your clients as well as your internal leaders? Yeah. So internal leaders initially is my primary objective, but then a lot of it is around clients. Have you had to learn how to be a mentor? 
Yeah, it's it's. I'm not a structured guy, so I'm not a process orientated. I'm not a manual type guy. I'm, you know, when I speak at events, I turn up and I speak. I don't prepare for it. I just speak about what I I know the topic is. Um, so mentoring, I I, I yeah, I've struggled at it at times, just around the format, and the structure. Um, but I get mentored, so I've got a coach. I've got a CEO coach. Um, well, he's called the the business is called CEO Coaching. Um, so I call him my CEO coach, even though I'm not the CEO and Look, he's been he's given me some real structure around it, just the way I go through it with him. So I've learnt, I suppose, a little bit more around how I should do it that way. The um, the, you said that you've got a bit of structure about mentoring. Can you talk us through what the structure is? It's it's probably getting beyond the surface level stuff. Like business owners always have issues. We've always got problems or things or fires going on in our business. So a lot of the structure that he's that I go through with him is all right, what are the main, you know, issues that we have and then getting down to what the real issue is. But then it's more around, all right, well, that's your issue operationally now. What are the decisions you need to make in the next three months or six months to move the needle? And I mean, we had an executive, for example, that um, we had to manage out of the business and he was basically saying to me, what's this look like in three months and six months? What are the things you need to do that you need to be thinking about right now that will affect you in nine months, not the operational things you need to be thinking about now? The Your journey has been amazing. I, I've do a lot of talks on this, the journey of techni- being a technician to a leader. I've gone through it myself and at times struggled with it. I'm, I'm a chartered accountant, public practice accountant, went into banking and now run a franchise business um, of CFOs. I've struggled with it for a range of reasons. The first is my entire identity was pinned on being a safe pair of hands chartered accountant. But the, you, know, you listen to the show listeners, like I, I like to talk business. I like a bit of risk. I like pushing the envelope a little bit. And I've had to deal with my identity as part of that change from the technician to a business owner. I've had lots of people help me along the way. You've done a very similar thing. Have you found a, a struggle with that? Yeah, I think I had a major life, I call it a major life event. So I went through and got divorced. I got equal custody of my kids. Um, at the time, my financial planning and accounting business was my whole identity. You know, I was winning awards and I, I thought that was me. Um, and going through divorce, you really see who's standing beside you. I certainly don't advocate it um, <laughs> at all, many reasons. It's good for the lawyers. Yeah, it is, but it's not good for your kids. It's not good for a range of other things. But the thing that I learned out of that is, you know, I need to become, and, and a good friend of mine who runs a really successful payroll company in New Zealand, the largest one, he said to me, Nick, you need to get a life, you know. If your business is your life, you don't have a life. You need to become a more interesting human being. So you need to build an identity again, but it shouldn't be through your business. And that really stuck with me. So when I built this business, it wasn't about me and my ego and fulfilling that. I try and do that in other ways. Uh, This is an explosive area. I think the next range of business consulting is going to be on the business model canvas of yourself before you start your business. I, I don't think I did that. Well enough. I've spoken to there's a, there's a consultant up in Sydney who's working on this because you sort of got like and, and listeners will be familiar with these things: the business model canvas, the lean canvas, the value proposition canvas. These are about your company, not you. And at the start, you are a hundred percent of your company. You are, and you're the identity. You need to be the brand. You need to do all that. But as the business transitions, and this is one of the biggest things that that I've done with our business is that I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about what TOA does and the impact that TOA has because it's well beyond me now. 
but it does still need some of my ego and some of my drive to to get it there. Yeah. But the business needs to be more about me. So when you know when we're out there winning awards or we're doing things, I'm not the one getting it. I'm putting the other people forward now so that it isn't all about me. Yeah. But it's a hard thing because always people always pull it back to oh it's about Nick. It's all yes, but I did start it, but it's not me now. Well, wow, it's a it's yeah. an amazing path to go down and a tough realization sometimes. Well, it's tough, particularly when you're not needed. Um, and I think that's the, you know, it's lonely being a CEO. It's lonely being an owner of a business, as you know. But the hardest thing is, is when you bring someone in to run it, which is what you, every business owner wants someone running the business for them. Yeah. But then it gets lonely because then you're, you know, I'm the last person to find out about decisions within the business. Our, some of our junior leadership team know things before me. And for me, I struggle with that, you know. I had to get used to being the last person to hear, not the first. How do you deal with the loneliness? Um, look, you need to surround yourself with good people. And, and like my um, good mate Phil said to me, he goes, Nick, you need to get more interest outside of work. So I, I keep myself occupied in other things and, and I you know, get my ego hit from you know, mates or, or industry things or different things that I do. It's so funny. A lot of people would have answered that question. I ask it often as you need peers, you need a support group, you need to find people going through the same business journey as you. Your response is very much about yourself as the individual separate to the business yeah it needs to be and i think the other thing is if it's always peers in the industry you're all caught up in the industry you need to get away from the industry you need to get away from your peers it's not always about being around the people that are there because it everyone's going to be pumping up everyone's ego so get away from it for a while have a break nick thank you very much for your time do you have a final message for listeners out there who are questioning what their role is in business I think the, you know, have a real think about what you want to do long term, but more importantly, where can you add the most value to your business to make it a real business? So where can you add value and how can you help along the journey? Thank you, Nick. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Backbone Podcast. If you like what you hear, reach out to me, david at sequelcfo.com.au. I'd love to have a chat to you about business. You can also get me on LinkedIn or on Twitter under the same name. Or if you want to catch up on past episodes, head to www.backbonepodcast.com.au. This show is brought to you by Judo Bank, and I love this bank because they're actually lending to SMEs in Australia. You should also give them a buzz. Their details are on our website too. Have a great week.